This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On the line, we have uh, the man who called the game, Moana Pacifica versus the Reds the other day. It is Tony Johnson. Tony, good afternoon to you. You know, how's it, mate? Yeah, very good. I've got to ask you, mate, what was it like being over there for this historic occasion in Samoa? It was a brilliant experience. Uh, I've been up there four, five, six times probably um, in the last 25 years. And it was just it was just awesome to be back. I hadn't been there since the uh, the Reds-Blues game. And that, that was a... a um, a big disappointment, really. They, a few people made a, some very bad decisions mm. about ticket prices, et cetera, et cetera. This time, I think they they, they got it right. Um, I know from the TV pictures, you would have seen those stands on the far side of the field. There weren't many people there. There never is because mm. um, because of their, the way they sort of look into the afternoon sun. But they actually got a, a really good crowd there. But, you know, more important than anything else, it was just the great sense of occasion uh, that, that people were just lapping up having the teams there, particular Moana Pacifica, because they were, you know, they got around all week and went to schools and functions and parades and stuff, really connected. And, and you know, in, in the end, even though the team lost, everyone seemed to go away with these huge <laughs> smiles on their faces. Um, so many of them wearing, uh, you know, the merch that they bought. So, look, it was just an absolute joy to be there. Yeah, TJ, um, Steve Devine, mate. Uh, unlike you and KT, not to be on a junket, you got the you got the call up for the for the big trip. At <laughs> least you know one thing you can guarantee that if I'm on the trip, unlike Mills and KT, I'm not going to get my shirt off in front of the camera. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say those, it, those two guys can't wait for the opportunity, but. Um, yeah, and, and it was it was great going out there because obviously Mills with his um, you know he, he, he's a Samoan New Zealander mm. uh, a lot of and, and he took his family up there and his youngest boys you know were seeing Samoa for the first time and wow. I, I tell you what the, the planes were full I mean we came back um, on a, a seven eighty seven yesterday so it's a dream it's a big plane mm. and. Uh, <laughs> I was in row 857. There were no upgrades, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, is it, do you think do you think it's it's time maybe the Moana team is based over there? I, th- I think they've got. Uh, look, they're realistic about it. Uh, I know that the plan is next year for another game in Apia, and they're hoping, really hoping to have one in Ponga. Um, oh. the a lot of logistics that have to be uh, dealt with before you can do that. I mean, Super Rugby, it's. It's it's demanding um, in, in that regard. Uh, there has to be, uh, you know, the facilities. Uh, there has to be the infrastructure to be able to, to put out a, uh, you know, an acceptable standard of uh, television coverage. All those sorts of things, and they all cost money. And those are the things that they have to to, to, to work their way around. Whether or not uh, it's realistic to, to be able to have the team based there, I'm not so sure. Even the Fiji and Drua, who are, are getting you know great pay out of having those games at Laotoka and, and Suva, I think that you know they're likely to be more based at least half the time in Australia. Um, there, there are a, that would be the ideal scenario, mm. Steve. But to make it happen, 
I think there's a lot of things that will have to be ticked off and, and, and none of them will, will happen for free. So, But that, that's the long-term goal. And, and I, I think you saw that connection. I think they, they haven't, for some reason, you know, you've seen the crowds at Mount Smart. They, they haven't been great. And I just, you think that maybe there's the, the connection. If you can make that connection with the island, um, um, you know, themselves and actually get the games up there, then that, that has to be the future. Yeah, just, it, it, I, it's going to... It, yeah, sorry, right. Matt. I just I just feel that like the Drew have got such good, um, you know, they're picking local boys to play in that team, and you know they're getting such great mileage out of it. And you know, probably the highlight for me of, of the Moana team over the last two years is the fact that they had a local boy playing uh, on the weekend, and and you know what a performance. So yes. it, it, it sort of shows that the system they're trying to get to get these local talented exposure to Super Rugby, um, it sort of is working. And there's you know there's stocks there that, that it can happen. It doesn't always have to be a New Zealand kid out of NPC or something like that. When you when you can get some of these you know local club boys out of uh, Samoa playing and you know pretty outstanding game at, at that regard as well. Yeah, that has to be the the, mm. the long term term ambition. I don't think that uh, Moana Pacifica can can continue to operate as a as a team that's built of guys who don't get. Um, contracts with you know the New Zealand franchises that that's just not um, you know just, they're not going to be able to be competitive. I mean, my hope always was two things that that they would um, be appealing enough that they could attract players back from overseas. And it's been really great um, to have Sakopi Kepu and Christian Lealy Fano in, in the mix. Although yeah. a bit of a mystery as to why Christian Lealy Fano didn't play in that game because he was fit to play apparently, um, which is um, which is a bit of a, a, a side issue, but. I, you know, we were having a, a couple of quieties afterwards, and, and back at the um, the um, Tusitala, the, the hotel we were staying at, and Alisana Tuilangi was there, um, and he, he still looks fit enough to play. You know, you imagine <laughs> if someone, you know, a couple of blokes from Europe came back uh, and could and and played for them, what a boost that would be. But at the other end, yeah, you've got Miracle Fa'ilangi. Um, mm. What a story, uh, you know, Kedu, um Picked out of club rugby uh, in in Samoa, you know he's, he's growing up in Samoa. Dedicated um, his, well, he's dedicated his career to his dad who passed away three years ago. There was a massive crowd from his village up on the bank with the banner and that, and you know, he, he goes and scores two tries and, and not just that, had a really great game. And and uh, the Putu Levasa is another one, you know, the, and and just you know you're proving to the the, the young players there that there is a a, a, a potential pathway mm. that in, doesn't involve you uprooting yourself and going and living in another country surrounded by unfamiliar people at a very early stage of your life. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, uh, TJ. And I love watching them play. And I love watching the crowds. They're always smiling. And another player who were, was a big moment for as well was, of course, Sir Michael Jones's son, Nico. How was that moment? What was the feeling around that in Apia? Well, the feeling around it, I know as far as the team uh, is concerned, I think they're very um, keen to try and promote Nico as a player in his own right. Obviously, um, Sir Michael Jones, uh, you know, is one of the most revered figures, mm. you know, not just in Samoan rugby, but in the game. Um, and, and it was great that, you know, he and, and, and BG Williams were both up there. Uh, well, they wouldn't have missed it, would they? Um but but I think that they're trying to sort of allow Nico to be a player, you know, in his own right and not just the son of. And I think we've all seen it over the years. I can think of a mate of mine uh, who was the son of a very famous cricketer and, and 
how that was almost a, a burden to him and, and, and almost stopped him realising his potential in the game. And so, uh, you know, that, that to me, that, that struck me as just being a very interesting, um, you know, pathway or, or, or approach that they're taking to Nico. It was great to see him back playing. Mm. Uh, he, he's been out injured since the preseason. I tell you, he, he's a solid unit. He really is. Um, and and I don't think anyone should have expectations of him being mm. uh, a replica of his father because there'll only ever be one Michael yes. Jones. But but Nico, you know, clearly is a, is a player. If he you know can stay fit and healthy, he's got a big 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 future. Yeah, we just need to give him some time. He's still a kid. Uh, he he had an amazing yeah. year just a few years ago playing um, schoolboy rugby. You know, and he was such a leader and did did amazing things. And we just we just need to let him. You know catch up to these mm. bigger boys. He's still a kid and uh, he's playing a pretty tough position. Uh, number seven is not, is not easy uh, when you're still a kid. So we just, we need to give him a time. He, he'll get there. Like mm. he's, he's a very talented boy and a great leader. Um, we just need to make sure we give him the time and don't expect too much from him too early. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And oh, I think they're taking a very sensible, measured approach with him. But, you know, obviously he's one of those guys he's got a great head on his shoulders and you wouldn't expect anything less he's he, you know there's all of that sort of dignity and you know all of those qualities about him um that, that michael had and i remember i'm old enough to remember michael when he was that age that's how old i am and and michael was exactly the same very humble very modest mm. well-spoken uh or he's got all of those attributes as I say, let's not burden him with that ultimate expectation. Though. And I think that's what, you know, they're, they're being very careful about that. Um, TJ, what about the Reds? They um, they seem to be struggling to find a little bit of for, uh, bit of, uh, bit of form. And, and obviously Brad Thorne, um, there's a few questions being asked around his involvement next year. Have, have Did you catch up with um, Brad Boy over there? I, I certainly did. Yeah, I had a good chat with him um, uh, before the game. I actually interviewed him, but we, you know, we also had a bit of a yarn because um, he's got my, my, my mate Kane Hames. Uh, you know, done oh, yeah. quite a lot of work with over the last two or three years. He, he's on the he's on the staff. Unfortunately, um, Kane couldn't make it um, just for a, a health issue, um, which was a bit of a shame. I was looking forward to catching up with him. But look, if, if Brad's coming under pressure, uh, he, he showed no sign of it. You, you know what he's like, Steve. He, he's just, he, he is so consistent. And, you know, he doesn't get ever get too animated and he doesn't ever get too down or anything. He's just, it was, he was just, you know, look, I've got a job to do. I'm, I'm not, he's not worrying about or outwardly worrying about any of that. But the fact is... Um, that his position is definitely in jeopardy. Uh, there's no question. They've got a board meeting on Tuesday. Whether or not this was enough to keep the wolf from the door, uh, I really don't know. Um, I, I think if they were going to fire him, um, you know, would, would a win over Moana Pacifica change anything? Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, you, you know how much. You know, the guy's just held in such great regard on this side of the Tasman, but over there, he's, he's got to prove himself as a coach. He's got a job to do. And Queensland have been disappointing uh, so far this year. They uh, they're inside the top eight, um, but but you know it's it's a, a a union with such an incredible uh, um, legacy in the game. They've mm. always been at the forefront of the game. They were the great you know innovative uh, um, state team during the 1980s and 90s, and and so people expect a lot. And at the moment, they're not getting what they expect. And when you look at the talent that he's got, even accounting for the fairly high injury toll and some players being suspended, they, they probably should be at, done better than what they have done. So it'll be a great relief for them 
to to that, that, to win that battle, but I, I think it's in terms of Brad Thorne's future, he's certainly probably not enough to win the war. Mate, it seems crazy because not that long ago, like two, three years ago, the Reds were almost a laughing stock of Super Rugby, and you know we're going seasons on end without winning a game. And um, I just, yeah, I, I feel for him. I feel like he's taken a, a, the club from from you know the mm. rock bottom to to near on the top. They, you know, they won the Aussie Aussie title a couple of years ago, and. Yeah, just do a few bad injuries. The thing with the Aussie teams is once they get a few injuries, they just don't have the depth. And um, his A team on paper is not a bad team and, mm. and will compete with most of them. But you, you chuck a few injuries in there and then all of a sudden they, they get pretty lean, you know, when they're starting to draw on players that no one's really heard of out of club rugby. They just they just they get lean with injuries and I, it's it's hard for them. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is like you got to remember that he's lost probably his best two players, mm. and and when you're you know you don't have the depth of the New Zealand teams, that the knock on effect of that is quite profound. So you go into the season without Taniela Tupo, who you know has matured into one of the best tight head props in the world, and he, he still does all those things. He can do all those things he did when he was a famous kid, but he's now a seasoned international, and and probably a leader in the team. So you lose him. Hunter Paisami, who has just been an absolute rocket in the middle of their midfield. So, you know, you lose him as well, and, and you create sort of gaps. James O'Connor has been typical James O'Connor all <laughs> over the place. Played one week, hopefully for the next. And God knows what else going on in the background. Um, you know, he, he seemed pretty happy after the game. He'd been out of favour, I, I, you know, that they hadn't been picking him, and it was only an injury um, to Isaac that, that, um, that put him out, Isaac Henry, that put him out, uh, put him into the team. He played pretty well too, but you know he's been wildly inconsistent. Pattaya's been brilliant, but he can't do it all on his own. And then you get guys like Angus Fly getting red carded for doing something so dumb last week. I mean, they, they, they talk about coach killers. So, <laughs> you know, you're on the back foot from the word go, losing two great players or outstanding players like that, and then a few other things happen, and it makes life really difficult. But it's just amazing how unsympathetic people get. Um, when they expect success or, you know, I know one of the um, sort of prominent Australian writers seems to really have it in for Brad at the moment. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I feel sorry for the guy too because, you know, the, the situation that they're in, you can't put it all down to, um, to, to you know, the coaching. It, it, you know, player responsibility, um, just sheer ill luck have also been a factor. Yeah, I know. I know things get pretty uh, cutthroat in Aussie with uh, the the journalists. They they really do have a, a quite a large uh, say on the game over there. When you, you think Brad's under under pressure, he's in sixth place at, at the stands at the moment, and you have got the Waratahs below them, and everyone's raving, craving about the Waratahs and how amazing they're doing. You know, it's 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 a different beast in Australia. Is rugby? Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, uh, I suppose you know that they had great eras of success you, you know think about how good they were like in the in the 80s uh, they were really great again around the turn of the century they really so you know they expect um and, and I, I suppose there's also this feeling well we can beat new zealand and lots of other sports why can't we beat them in rugby and that always adds to it too so yeah i bet brad would have known what he was taking on when he got into the job you know he'd been philosophical about, about all that i just I, I hope they don't do anything rash i hope they give him a chance to, to see the season out, and and um, you know they'll they'll make the playoffs. I'm sure they'll make the playoffs, and, uh, and then just see what they can do there, and then 
sit down at the end of the season, at the end of the program, have a proper review and then decide what they're going to do rather than make some knee-jerk thing two-thirds of the way through the season. Hey, uh, Tony, we've just had a, um, a text come in from Ken, and it's a good one because it's a player who's making a lot of noise for Moana Pacifica, and he says for Tony, let's hope Levi Amua goes with Samoa for the World Cup. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's in a bit of a bind because he's eligible for three countries, and obviously um, uh, New Zealand being one of them, mm. But, but I think he's also uh, he's able to play for Fiji as well. But he, he went away on the end of year two with um, the New Zealand 15 last year, which was a sure sign that they wanted to put him, you know, at, at least in the frame. And there's always sort of been this little tendency to sort of say to guys, look, um, if you stick around, you'll be in the frame for the All Blacks. Not you will be in the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes has, has swayed players and it's, it's stopped them playing more test matches than they might have had they had, had they gone. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it too. I, I, look, I think he, he, he's a terrific player. And the great thing about Levi Almoor uh, is that he he's just developed his game. When he first came on the scene, he was just this big, hulking beast of a centre who could smash his way through tackles. But now, you know, he, he's... He has certainly, uh, although he's still massive, <laughs> it must be a terrifying sight to have coming at you. Um, but he's he's certainly um, a, a bit leaner than he was. You, you can tell his conditioning so much better. But his, his all-round game, his, uh, his his ability to link up with players, and, and that, um, on, especially on the left-hand side of the attack, that understanding that he now has with uh, old Jimmy Tavatavanawai, mm. it, it is phenomenal. It's one of the best sort of uh, what you you know, 13, 11 punches in, in the game at the moment in, in Super Rugby. So, you know, he, he is, um, he's matured, as a, he's developed as a player. And, and, and you know, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think it, was su- it would be such a boost um, for a team like Samoa to have him. Um, Fiji, the need not so pressing. The, no. the young Colin Massey that's playing for centre, uh, centre for, for the Fijian Drew at the moment, he's as good a 13 as there is in the whole competition. Yeah, I like the I like the Fijian seven too. Sawal, so mm. he uh, mate, he's as good as any seven in the competition as well. He he he's a he's a beast on defence and and runs the ball. Um, TJ, I caught it. I caught up with um, um, Aaron Major uh, a few weeks ago, and I was having a bit of yarn and just what you were talking about before. He he told me like their their biggest the, the thing they find hardest is uh, the level of fitness trying to get their boys who some of them don't play. Uh, NPC at the end of the season, and then all of a sudden they're, they're you know playing this super super rugby standard of fitness, and um, that's really impacted. But you look at some of those boys now; they're they're a little bit seasoned, hardened. They're a little bit harder. They they they're they're starting to get there. And like Amua, like he's certainly like you said, he's 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 a weapon. And I think the fitness is finally starting to kick in for them. They're, they're starting to get get a little bit a harder edge towards them towards the back end of the season. Yeah. They were on the back foot from the start last year because COVID uh, affected uh, Moana Pacifica worse than any other team. Mm. Uh, you know, circumstances, just the way it got around the team and, and, and what have you. They, they had a, a really rough start and, and they were on the back foot because of that. And in some ways, you know, they did pick up a couple of wins and, and you know, you remember later on in the season, they actually beat the Brumbies and, and that is that is some fair achievement. Mm. Um, and this year, they were on the back foot for a different reason. You just do get the feeling that some of the players uh, did not turn up, you know, for the preseason, 
in the sort of condition that you would hope that they would or that they would be expected to do so. And, and, and what you're saying, some of them not playing in the NPC or whatever reasons it was. Uh, and, and so you, you do get the feeling that they're just now uh, starting to find the fitness. Their biggest problem has been, or they've had two major problems. One is, is their, their defence inside the 22, that if teams come at them, come at them, come at them, eventually they, they, they break. And so you put that down to a fatigue factor. But, you know, they, they also perhaps don't have um, the bench um, that, that some other teams have had for one reason or another. And so they've tended to fall away in games that they've been competitive in for 50, 40, 50, even 60 minutes. They've just basically got away with them towards the end. So I think that was what was really encouraging on, for them on Friday night was the fact that they actually were still uh, right and you know, still fizzing, competing at, at the very end, threatening to score tries and... and yeah, it's just a shame that it's only now starting to happen, you know, over halfway through the program. Hey, TJ, speaking of that game on Friday night, there are a lot of people here thinking this is the one that Moana Pacifica will win. You know, they, they had a chance against the Drua, they had a chance against the Force, but we all thought, oh, this is the one. What's, what, was the, what was the feeling you gave from the team after that result? Are they still, is it taking the wind out of them or is it like we can still get one? Oh, look, I'm sure they still can. I mean, you know, Playing sort of a lot, a lot of the New Zealand teams early on, that that that's that's really difficult. I look, I Dean, I thought they had a chance of winning uh, Friday as well. Mm. Um, I, I just felt that with the, you know some of the disruptions that the Reds had had, there's a bit of an irony really mm. in, in that uh, you'd think that playing in, and it was hot as hell. It was it was <laughs> well over. I mean, I you know. I, had a, uh, I was at a wet T-shirt competition by the time I got to the top of the grandstand, I can tell you. Oh, um, oh yeah, I don't know mate, about that, 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 TJ. That's put an image, that's put an image oh, in my head, mate, that yeah, I'm not, not sure. Not, Come on, it's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, you know, 29, 30 degrees, um, humid as, as anything. But, of course, with the Moana Pacifica guys, they've been playing in New Zealand, um, and, and whereas the Queensland guys coming from oh. the heat and humidity of Queensland were probably um, better off, they, they, and, and they didn't actually arrive until the Friday. Um, that was a little bit disappointing. It would have been nice if they'd been up there a couple of days early, but that was, that was their choice. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I thought that was an opportunity, um, but the, the Reds, I think, were also... Uh, you know, awake to that, mm. and they they started strongly, and you know, really hammered away, and, and actually controlled the game through the first ten or fifteen minutes. It was just something that happened in a flash that got um, you know, minor Pacifica back on on level terms. But the the key to it was uh, they also realised that um, much as the the um, the line out had been pretty secure with um, Samuel and Molly, probably the most accurate thrower in the competition according to stats, the scrum. They, they went for it. They really attacked the scrum. And apart from a couple of really weird ones late in the game with the penalty actually went the other way, I think that was... They, they just put out their store and said, right um yeah, I know that, you know, there's a happy crowd. He wants to see a lot of flowing rugby, but we're going we're gonna to go set piece here. We're going to go hard. We're going to go direct because uh, that's our best chance of winning the game. And they, they did that pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, it seems to be Moana's uh, big thorn is, is set-piece. They, they tend to struggle at scrum time and line-out. But they've got a bye next weekend, and then they've got the Rebels. I think I think Rebels at home, I think they'll be... They'll be give them a week off, freshen up, and I think that's the one they'll be really eyeing up for a win. Yeah, yeah. Look, for... 
you know, for their sake, let's hope so, because the last thing you want is for them to go through a season without a win. Uh, you know, they, they they really do. It would be, it would, you know, give them such a boost. It would, you know, just generate some, you know, any if there's any waning interest mm. with the fans, it would it would regenerate that. Or oh, I think I think the visit to Samoa will have done a lot um, just just to boost that up anyway. But yeah, the Rebels they they're another team that you know they've got some pretty good players, but you know they they really struggle to find their identity. What are they? You know, who do they represent and all that sort of thing. So. Maybe, you know, maybe that that is their chance um, to to get a win, and for their sake, and you know, it just seemed like such a such a good bunch of guys. You know, you, you'd like to see it happen. Absolutely, fingers crossed. Hey, TJ, thanks so much for talking with us today, mate, and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, brother. Cheers, Dino. Steve. Yep. See you guys. Cheers, mate.